communication is like juggling 18 balls at the same time. And if we try and juggle a vocal tone variety, piecing, body language, eye contact, things get really confusing really fast. Hello and welcome to episode 123 of the Smart Agents Podcast. My name is Michael Walter and I'll be your host. In today's episode, we are joined by Brendan Kormasami, founder of MasterTalk, a YouTube channel dedicated to teaching the art of public speaking and communication. In the real estate industry, the ability to hold impactful one-on-one conversations is fundamental to setting yourself up for success. Throughout our time together, Brendan shares his tips and actionable drills that take less than 15 minutes a day to help you prepare for any opportunity that presents itself to get your message across. Now, before we get on to the day's featured interview, make sure to subscribe to the Smart Agents Podcast. You can find the show on all major podcasting platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and now Amazon Music. Also, if you or someone else on your team has an incredible story or a tip to share with our community, send us a message at feedback at smartagents.com. We're always on the lookout for new stories to share. All right, let's get on to the day's featured interview with Brendan. If you're interested in more, I highly recommend checking out Master Talk. I've included links in the episode description. Now, really, the way I like to start everything out is if you could just introduce yourself to a little bit, uh, who you are and what you do. For sure, Michael. Great to be on. Thanks for having me. So my name is Brendan Kormasami. I'm the founder of Master Talk. Master Talk is both a YouTube channel and a coaching practice I started to help the world master the art of communication and public speaking. That's really the mission behind what I do. And how I got started was an accident. I was in business school and I did these things called case competitions. Think of it like professional sports for nerds. <laughs> the guys my age were playing uh, baseball or basketball. I wasn't one of those guys. I did presentations competitively, and that's how I learned how to coach people, helped a lot of the students, and that's what led to the YouTube channel, what we have today. Awesome. Yeah, I was checking out your channel over the last few days, and there's a ton of great information that, I mean, you know, for our uh, audience specifically with real estate agents, you know, they might not be speaking on a, you know, big, you know, stage all the time, but it's all those lessons that are in your, you know, on your channels are so invaluable, even for the one-on-one communication styles. Absolutely. Yeah. So what, um, you know, what was it besides, you know, your experience on these presentations and these uh, competitions you were doing that really wanted, uh, you know, that made you think, hey, there's there's an audience out there for this and there's a need for me to be able to share this uh, knowledge? To be honest, Mike, it was mostly an accident. You know, every big vision starts with a small step. So what happened was when I was in my last semester of college, I had a very good job lined up. I worked at IBM as a consultant there for many years before I did this full time. So I was doing fine financially. It was more of a question of what am I doing with my time to create an impact for the world? And in my last semester, one of my students I had helped just asked me, hey, how did you learn how to speak? I said, huh, what do you mean? It's like, well, did you hire a coach? Did you do Toastmasters? Did you start a YouTube, like, did you watch YouTube videos? And I was like, YouTube videos? And that's what sparked the idea for Master Talk because I started watching all of those YouTube videos, Michael, that were existed, that, that were on the platform before I started making content. I was like, oh, these are not really good. <laughs> it was kind of basic. And that's what pushed me to actually take it more seriously. And then I just side hustled it for fun. I was making videos in my mom's basement. And then as the years went by, it turned into a, you know, thankfully for me, a successful coaching business where I do this whole time now. Right. So, you know, um, I guess, you know, let's kind of just jump into how to, you know, effectively communicate even, you know, on that one-on-one level and how, you know, it's one of those things that, um, 
you know, in the real estate space, there's so many, you know, everybody has their scripts that they try to memorize. And But to be able to make that personal connection, you got to get beyond just the the script. Absolutely, Michael. So here, here's what I always like to say to the real estate crowd. There is a significant difference in income between a top 1% producer in your industry and a 0.1% producer in your industry. So even if you're already a great communicator and you're probably listening to this and you think, well, I'm already doing a lot of the things. I already know how to talk. Always ask yourself, how can I keep leveling up my game? Because the next delta, if I'm a f- top 5% real estate agent, I get to one massive income gap. 1% to 0.1, massive again. 0.001, massive again. So how do we practice this on a daily basis? I call them my easy threes because communication is like juggling 18 balls at the same time, Michael. And if we try and juggle a vocal tone variety, piecing, body language, eye contact, things get really confusing really fast. So let's start with what I believe to be the three easiest balls. Let's start with the number one that helps with those one-on-one conversations called the random word exercise. Pick a random word like master, like computer screen, like light bulb, and create random presentations out of thin air. Why is this effective? Two reasons. One, it helps you think quickly on your feet. So if you can make up like avocado, when you go into one-on-one conversations, which are also unprepared and unscripted, you're able to deal with those conversations better. And then the second reason is if you can make sense out of nonsense, you could make sense out of anything. Awesome. Yeah, I like that. Especially, you know, for the uh, real estate crowd, you know, you might be going into a house and doing a showing and all of a sudden something comes up that maybe you weren't prepared for or, you know, there's everybody has that story where they open up the closet or they open up the bedroom door and it's not at all what they expected or, you know, you got to kind of pivot real fast. Exactly. I completely agree. So when um, and I really like that idea of, you know, just finding something random. Uh, and another instance of that is when that uh, maybe that question kind of comes up that maybe you're not exactly prepared for at the moment. How do you pivot and be able to kind of uh, stop your presentation kind of mid mid flow and address some of those questions? Great question, Michael. And that plays perfectly into ball number two, which is the question drill. All of us get asked questions all the time in our life on a podcast, on a show at work, at school, from our clients, but most of us are reactive to those questions. We're not proactive to them. Example, a few years ago when I started my journey as a podcast guest, I sucked. It's yeah. terrible. Remember some guy asked me the other day, I mean, it's not the other day, but three years ago. He was like, where does the fear of communication come from? And I looked at him and I said, uh, I don't know, dude, Los Angeles? <laughs> like San Diego? So I wasn't that great at it because I was being reactive. So how do we fix this? Every single day for five minutes, I just answered one question that I thought the world would ask me about my expertise. And if you do that every single day for five minutes for a year, you'll have answered 365 questions about your industry and your expertise. You'll be unstoppable. And that's really the key. Right. And I think that practice right there, you know, from the real estate aspect is you can go through and list out those questions about different, you know, areas of the community, uh, different, you know, what are the mortgage rates doing? There's so many different topics that you can touch on and kind of hit on those five minute, um, you know, doing that five minute lesson with yourself every day that that's awesome. I I really like that idea too. And do you suggest maybe all even recording those answers so you kind of can play them back and hear them? 
For sure. I like writing them down because it gets the job done faster. Recording them is great as well, where you write it out and just record it, which will, might take you an extra five minutes. One other bonus to ball add to ball two is pick three to four real estate agents in the country that are in non-competitive areas. So let's say you're a real estate agent in New York, pick somebody in Atlanta, like buddies of yours. You can pick somebody in Florida, pick somebody in LA, and you can meet on a Zoom call every two weeks and drill each other at all the most commonly asked questions that get asked. And if you do that with each other, you'll be better than any other real estate agent in your area. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think, you know, honestly, uh, this is our, I've been doing the podcast for a little over two years now. Uh, previously, I was a news photojournalist. So like asking questions is something I've always been, you know, comfortable with. Uh, being on camera and being in front and like being engaged in the conversation is something I've definitely learned over the last few uh, years doing this. And I think one of those... Um, you know, the things you touched on earlier also was the pacing and how to, you know, kind of uh, even just gauge the pace of a conversation. Absolutely. Pacing is super important, right? We don't want to talk too quickly when we're talking and having conversations. And that also applies really well into ball three, Michael, which is video messages. I'm shocked, brother, at how little people in any industry send their clients video messages. It's insane. Like, I find especially with agents, they focus too much on the transactional sale of getting the house done and getting the commission. Oh, okay, I'm making 6% off a million dollar house. That's amazing. Versus going, how do I become best friends with this person for the next 30 years so they refer every single one of their family members to me? So what does that mean? That means are we sending them video messages on their birthday to just wish them happy birthday? All of these strategies cost zero dollars and zero cents, and you don't even have to be a great communicator to do this, but that's really what makes the difference, especially, and it's worth mentioning, especially in a recessionary environment that we're in currently, where a lot of agents are dropping like flies. So when you're doing these things, not only are you beating your competition, you're surviving this period so that if you can be the agent who survives, you'll, you'll take over and you'll dominate your field. Yeah, I definitely think building, you know, uh, the agents that put the time and the effort into cultivating relationships, that's recession proof, right? Because inevitably, somebody in your sphere is going to be buying and selling no matter what the market conditions are doing. Uh, so it's a lot easier to uh, get those deals from those people that already have a relationship with you than the cold leads. 1000%. So when you, um, you, know, you mentioned the video um, you know, messaging as well. And I think that's always a, a really interesting way. And I think it's something that is again, very underutilized. Uh, how do you, and it's one of those things when I talk to agents, um, there is sometimes an apprehension to do that because maybe they're not exactly, uh, you know, the most tech savvy or they haven't been on camera all that much. How do you get past some of those barriers that keep people from doing that? Great question, Michael. And there's only one answer, which is a rule that we have in our ecosystem. The rule is you're not allowed to retake the video. That's it. So don't see it as a means to an end. I have to spend 10 minutes editing this. See it more as a 20 second exercise for the, the top 100 people in your clients. And the, the second piece to that though, is thinking about the vision of your business. Where do you wanna be in three to five years? And what are the people and those income brackets in that on that leadership board who are crushing it, regardless of the organization you're part of, what are they doing that you're not doing? Which is the second piece. And the third piece, if you're really at step zero and you're really afraid, don't start with your clients. Start with the people you really love. 
Send a video message to your mother. Send a video message to your sister. Send a video message to your best friend on social media. Don't overthink this. And you'll realize that even if you're in some garage and you're sending these videos, it means so much to people because most people haven't even received one message like that in their life. Yeah. And just, you know, drawing from my uh, previous experience in the uh, journalism world, you know, I worked with uh, a lot of new reporters and it was always really fascinating to see how they could go on live television and deliver their script perfectly. No issues could tell the exact story. But then if we needed to record a take for a later show, it could take us 20, 30 takes because they were so focused on each individual word and getting it perfect that they just didn't flow with it and allow you know themselves to tell that story. I love that. I completely agree. So I think that that really plays into that whole, uh, there's no no retakes allowed. Just go ahead and do it and be yourself in the video. Exactly. That's really cool. So, um, you know, I, I think it's, again, some of those things that uh, you just, that you've seen for as you've done, you know, the, your coaching and some of the things that you have uh, uh, worked with people on. What are some of those big uh, tips that you would have out there, you know, besides a lot of practice, obviously, um, just to get, you know, comfortable in those settings of, of having to speak, especially for maybe the newer agents. For sure, Michael, this brings us to ball number four. I would say the best way to speak is to speak. You know, at the end of the day, Michael, a lot of people, when they listen to podcasts, they go, oh my God, these tips are so good. Mike, you brought Brendan on, he talked about the random word exercise, the question drill, video messages, and then they don't do any of them. So I would encourage people, and I'll show you a bunch of other tips, but I would say the most important thing is are we booking 15 minutes or a calendar every day to do this, even if it's alone in our basement, even if there's no audience? Are we just making a conscious effort and a decision after this podcast to say, I really want to take the steps to get better? And if you're booking that 15 minutes, I don't know a single person I've yet to meet somebody in my career who was doing all three of these things consistently, good or bad, every single day for 15 minutes. So if you're that person who's doing it, you'll definitely stand out in the real estate space, especially that one. Right. I think something that, you know, uh, when it comes to conversations, you know, on the uh, on the one-to-one sales side and, the, you know, especially like the listing presentation, uh, the beauty of it is you're not going into something totally blind. You can have that communication with somebody one-on-one, you can have the eye contact, you can, you know, build that rapport. Whereas, you know, if it's more the stage type thing, you know, you're kind of talking to this almost faceless mass out there. Um, so I, I definitely, you know, even doing the 50 minutes in your car, you know, just every once in a while, kind of look up in the, in the rear view mirror to see yourself, you know, looking back at you, I think is, a, is awesome. And, uh, I, I definitely agree with the, uh, you know, just practice it every day and really make it a point to practice it. Absolutely. And you could also integrate it with your kids. If For those of you who have kids listening to this, what I always recommend is you can just give them a random word and then they'll give you one. You can practice that in the car when you're picking them to and from school. That's a great way to do this. Another one is shower. Like we all got 10 minutes a day to shower. <laughs> Hopefully everyone listening to showers every day. So in that 10 minutes, you got the time to do all those exercises. It's just most people don't know how to optimize their time. Right. One of the things that, uh, uh, you know, I think even throughout my career, and I think a lot of people deal with this is uh, there's always that thought that 
you know, maybe there's probably people out there that are a whole lot smarter than I am or a whole lot, you know, they have a higher level of expertise, almost that imposter type syndrome. How do you get past that as a, especially, you know, as a new agent that knows that they might be competing against people that have been in the market for, you know, 30, 40 years? Great question, Michael. So here, here's an analogy I'd love to draw on this. Because I, I definitely experienced imposter syndrome. And just to give a list of all my failures, you know, I grew up in a city called Montreal, which is a city you need to know how to speak French. So I went to French school, but I didn't know the language. So my whole life, not only was I scared of communication, I was presenting in a language I didn't know. Second, I have a crooked left arm because of a surgery I had when I was younger. So it's still crooked today. And I have a lot of social anxiety around speaker I used to have when I was younger. And the third piece is I have a bachelor's degree in accounting. You would think that a communication expert studied in communication and I studied anything but. And then the last piece, obviously, I'm not the oldest guy who's been on your podcast. Let's put it that way. And I started coaching executives when I was 19. How does that make any sense? So what's the solution? Because I'm probably the king. If there's an award for imposter syndrome, it probably should go to me. So, so here, or Mark Zuckerberg, one or the other. But the point I want to drive here is a story. Let's say I came to your city, Michael. Okay, where do you live? Just for context, like state uh, I mean, or something. North Florida. Yeah. Okay, North Florida. So let's say I came to North Florida, and I said, "Hey, man, I'm new to I'm new to this region. I'm new to wherever city you live. What what should I do in the city?" You'll probably tell me. Let's say the city was Orlando, for example's sake. Right. Right. And you're like, "Oh, you know, you should go to Disneyland. You should go to this attraction. You should go to this restaurant." That makes sense so far, right? Right. Absolutely. In the same way that if you came to Montreal, which is where I live, you'd say, "Hey, Brenda, what should I do in the city?" I'll probably tell you. I'll probably say, hey, Michael, you got to go to this restaurant, go to this attraction. So why am I telling you this story? Don't you find it odd, Michael? I mean, we're not tour guides. Are you certified by Yelp or TripAdvisor or any uh, travel agencies to tell me which restaurants to go to? No, right? And I'm not either. Definitely not. So with some pieces of information in our brain, we don't even think to ask whether or not we're credible. We just say it. We just go, oh, yeah, just go do the thing. In the same way that with our expertise, the thing we actually want to get better at, the thing we want to study at in real estate, we're nervous. Why is there hesitation? The reason there's a hesitation is it comes back down to what is our definition of expertise? A lot of people think expertise is master degrees, PhDs. Rest for me, expertise just means one step ahead of the next person. So just serve the person you're comfortable serving. And remember that even if you're the freshest person in the industry, your client doesn't know anything about real estate. So as long as you know a little bit more than they do, you can serve them. Right. Before wrapping up, you know, obviously uh, there's so many different um, avenues that you can go down and, you know, we could you know, talk for hours really about, you know, mastering, uh, you know, the communication, but I do want to touch on, uh, you know, the fact that agents do have that ability to talk to large scales of people at a time, whether it be, you know, an in-person seminar or hosting, you know, a, a webinar over a zoom like this. So how do you, you know, for agents that have never done the more large scale speaking engagements, what are some of your tips for getting comfortable with that if all you're really comfortable with is the one-on-one? Right. 
So I would say there's there's a steps to this. So the first step is definitely, are we doing those three exercises every day? And if we're doing that, what's going to happen, Michael, is we're going to start to see significant changes in our one-on-one -on -one business. Oh, wow, I started doing these question drills that Michael and Brenda were talking about, and I'm super comfortable with clients. Oh, I started doing the video messages. Wow, I just sent a video message. Some guy I sold a house in Wisconsin last year, and now he's referring three houses in my local area. Boom. I just made like an extra hundred grand. And then I started doing, you know, all these exercises. So then we start to see an ROI. So that ROI creates motivation now. And then that motivation gets into the larger scale events. So that's the sequence I would attack it in. For the larger scale events, here's what I would do. Here's the simple advice. Give the same presentation a hundred times. In real estate, not much is going to change. So you should just give the presentation you want to give. And I would encourage you to start with the people in your network. They don't even have to be clients. Host a Zoom call every two weeks. Say, guys, I'm doing the 60-minute webinar. Put five people on the call. Literally, it could be your mom, your dad. Present it. And then in two weeks, literally do the same presentation with five new people. And if you keep doing that over and over again, you won't be anxious anymore. And you'll be really good as well because it's the same content over and over again. Right. What uh, Do you have any kind of tips for... Uh, you know, even like tech type tips, like, uh, you know, uh, teleprompter type things, anything that like kind of keep people on track and kind of keep their, you know, um, you know, kind of block out sometimes, you know, you're at a presentation, I know, you know, doing a webinar, uh, sometimes we'll get a chat that pops up and it'll kind of like catch me off guard a little bit and kind of throw me off a little. Um, so anything out there that can kind of keep people, you know, kind of flowing on their presentation. For sure, Michael. Here, here's what I would say about flow. You know, perfect practice doesn't exist. It's all about doing the steps and moving forward. So yeah, we can use tools and teleprompters and stuff. I don't think that really helps. I would say the biggest piece that I think a lot of people miss is two parts. One is really, are we just repeating the same presentation over again? We think that we need to change. Like my free workshop, it's always the same workshop. It's literally, and everyone knows the same. And some people have been to it 10 times. That's fine. But the other piece is the criticism. Are we open enough to receive it? So there's three parts to communication, Michael. One is, are people listening to our ideas? The second one is, are people taking action on our ideas? And the third one is, are people sharing our ideas? And I used to suck at two and three, taking action and sharing. So I would just blurt out 100 different tips and nobody would take action. So then when I learned from feedback, I would go up to somebody who would listen to a podcast I was on. And I would say, hey, uh, did you do the random word exercise? What's the random word exercise? I heard like 100 tips. And then somebody else goes, oh, I don't really have time for the question drill. It's so hard. And there's so many X I don't want to practice. So that's why I'm super intentional when I'm on a podcast. I always go like, are you doing these three things? Are you doing these three things? I probably said that like 10 times. Okay. So then when somebody leaves this podcast, they go, I need to do these three things. I need to book it in. So that's how I would encourage people to do is have dinner with the person you're serving, ask them questions and see, is my message actually landing with them? And it's that feedback that helps us get better. Right. And I think, you know, just uh, going on your YouTube page and things, I love the, you know, those shorter videos that are to the, you know, a singular point that are digestible. And I think, you know, real estate agents can really uh, use that same formula when, creating content for their social pages or, you know, even the videos that they might send out uh, is to not, you know, present too many topics in one, one piece. 
Right. I completely agree. That's why for me, the key idea is so important. If there's only one thing that you want your audience to take away, what is it? And I'll tell you my key idea. My key idea is to convince everyone listening to this podcast that communication is easy. It's not that hard. It's not some, I need to get on a stage. I need to be a TED speaker. It's 15 minutes a day, every day for a consistent enough period. So because I have that intention, when we're on a podcast, whenever I'm doing a webinar, that comes out. So it's to say, like even my personal story, why do I share that? Because it's to convince people to go, oh, this kid like started coaching people at 19. He has a bachelor's degree in accounting and he's like a schmuck. Well, if he could do it, I can for sure master. I'm making half a million dollars as a producer and real estate agent. If this kid could do it, I can too. But that's the intentionality behind our message. And a lot of people don't have that. And I encourage you to do. Right. So where can people find more? of your content. And, uh, if you know, if they're interested in, you know, uh, connecting with you to get more of your tips, how can people uh, reach out? Absolutely. Michael, it was so great to be on your show. Thanks so much for having me. So two ways to keep in touch. The first one is the YouTube channel. Just go to master talk in one word. I'll have access to hundreds of free videos. And the second way to keep in touch is to attend one of my free communication workshops that are live and interactive though. If you're shy, you can keep your camera off. And if you want to jump in on that, go to rockstar communicator, Awesome. Yeah. And we'll have everything linked up in the episode description so people can uh, click right on there. I do really appreciate you uh, taking the time to uh, talk with us today. It's definitely uh, a topic that, you know, no matter how many times people hear it, they just kind of keep needing that little push. And I I definitely think having those drills that you mentioned uh, are definitely key to that. Absolutely, Michael. Thanks so much for having me. I really want to thank Brendan for joining us today, and I hope you come away with a few actionable items to turn yourself into a better public speaker and communicator. Remember, if you're interested in learning more, I've included links to Master Talk in the episode description. So once again, if you think you or someone else on your team has an incredible story or a tip to share with our community, send us a message at feedback at smartagents.com. Well, that wraps things up for this episode, but remember, follow the show wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure to subscribe to the Smart Agents YouTube channel. Again, I'm Michael Walter, and we'll see you on the next episode.